The following programming is sponsored by Six Feet Over Under Productions. The views expressed do not necessarily reflect the views of this station, its management, or Beasley Media Group. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen, powered by ELEC 825. We are thrilled to join you on WWDB 860 AM and 97.5 HD2, part of the Beasley Media Group, ready to help you move into the weekend, talking about all the news in the world of sports. Jeff, I guess we weren't too bad on the radio last week. We only got one disclaimer this week before the show. <laughs> We ourselves. I guess so. We got two last week. Wes, what was that, man? <laughs> we, yeah, I, I, no explanation. Little double, little double disclaimer last Wasn't week. my fault. They, they were just giving extra warning to the listeners. Next it week. was just the week before you guys were extra over the top, so we had yeah. to make sure. So this week we're going for a triple disclaimer next week. There we go. Goals. I'll Thank make you. it happen. Yeah. Look, All right. uh, get, with, you might as well put your hand on that dump button. We're going to start using it. With the Philadelphia sports scene the way it is, there's plenty of opportunities. <laughs> oh, to, my hands my hands are always hovering to, the button when you guys are around. To utilize. Okay. Uh, it, it, this is kind of fun, Jeff, because we have had, of all of us, we have had oh, a crazy okay. amount of interviews the last few weeks, and we've gotten very little time to talk in and around them. <laughs> we we haven't we haven't gotten our own, our alone time. Is we that what you're saying? We don't get quality time. Oh. <laughs> so... This week, we've got Dave Spadaro joining us at 4.30 to talk Eagles in the draft. we got a half he's hour. He's going to ruin our alone time. Uh, well, you could right. t- you could tell him that he's cutting in. He's the third <sighs> wheel. Whatever, you, However you want to handle that, that's between you and Dave at 4.30. No, I think a half hour talking to you is going to be enough. That'll be enough. Uh, look, I'm surprised yeah. you showed up for this part of it. So it's oh, all that's touching. So you're not going to the Sixers game tonight, but no. you've watched games one and two. <laughs> give me your initial thoughts before I give you any stats. We'll get to Embiid and everybody in a little bit. What do you want me to say? It's a disaster. I mean, you you can get to the stats all you want, but the fact is, is we've all known since the beginning of the season, since before James Harden got here and even after he got here, this team is built around Joel Embiid. If Joel Embiid is not healthy, which he already wasn't because of the thumb, now he's got a situation where – even if he comes back and play, how good is he going to be at this point? He's going to have to wear one of those masks, right? And he's going to have to worry. He's going to have to protect that side of his head. So I don't know how much of an impact it can have. And even if he was at 100%, did you really think they were beating the Heat? So that was going to be my question to you. Before, but I asked before it. i give you some stats. Um, I thought they could beat the Heat, but I didn't think they would beat the Heat. I thought they'd lose in seven because Why? they'd have to lose in Miami. What, what makes you think that they could beat that they could beat the Heat? They don't have a backcourt that can but compete I, with what with what I they could throw out I there. I didn't think it, that Miami could compete with Embiid, but that was yeah. Just, but that's one player. Well, I mean, have and you, look, I mean, Miami look is at, the deepest team in the NBA. Okay, first of all, I'll be honest. Duncan Robinson isn't playing. I, I don't think I realize just how deep Miami is. They just keep rolling dudes Duncan, out there. The guy they just paid $90 million <laughs> to because he could shoot the lights out hasn't even played except for in game one. Can we have some? Of the pl- last series. Can we have some player development like that with the Sixers? We don't have that? DeAndre uh, Jordan isn't rounding into form? Is, okay. Have you ever seen anybody with hands of stone worse than his? I texted a friend that he's on the court to catch the ball after it goes through the basket for the other team. But he can't catch. <laughs> so why would he but be he there for that? he had a game the other night. Oh, he had what? Six points? Uh, better than the game he's before. He's a starting center. Uh, look, I apparently Paul Reed gets in foul trouble. Doesn't know where to go. I, I probably would have just gone small because if you look in the series, they're plus when they have a smaller lineup on yeah, the court. But, but yes, and and the problem with it is though that because they don't have the depth, that smaller lineup gets exhausted. But isn't this a larger problem throughout the season that well, Doc doesn't problem. Doc doesn't develop his younger guys with time throughout the season? So now there's nobody to come in off the bench anyway. Like they're they're shallow. Who? Yes. Who did you want them to? Well, develop? they never. Uh, 
Paul Reed could have gotten more. You game just time to want learn the guy things. with the Isaac, last name Isaac. Springer to play. No, I, yes, you do. You want the, your jersey. I never really thought that he would have time with the big team this year, but when you realized what you did to your bench, wasn't it incumbent on you to try to get some of these other guys, even if they're not perfect, ready to be able to play a role? And you put these guys I'm on the court. I'm assuming they did. It doesn't that, look listen. like they're able to. I mean, look, I know everything changes when Embiid's out. But the shooting, I mean, 6 for 34 from three-point range on Monday, 9 for 34 on Wednesday. Well, but that you can't develop. You either have it. You either have three-point shooters or you don't. You're which, not developing those during the season. Which they're is, not going to get much better during the season. Which is sort of the thing because I don't know if they're playing deflated without Embiid, but if Embiid were there, the thought would be they'd go to double or even triple, and he'd have to kick out, and somebody would have to knock it down. Right. And so, you know, they're but, not but knocking they're not, anything down. Well, if but if you look at the spacing that's not created because Embiid's not out there, that's part of the problem. So you have people, if you look at the perimeter when they're on offense, there's no spacing because there's nobody down low. Paul Reed doesn't know where to be when he's in there. And DeAndre Jordan is, is useless when he's in there, so nobody's guarding him unless he's on, directly under the basket and they can just fade back on him. So you don't, you no longer have the space, and you only have one quick guy on your team. Tobias has played well, but he's not quick. Tobias has James played, Harden is no longer quick. Look for the, for the critiques that Tobias has taken, and for the way that he's played in past years in playoffs. Tobias has played very well. He's in the he's not going to get any of the blame from this one. No, not this at all. This is and, all on James Harden. Yeah. Not to say that they that they would win if he played like James Harden of old, but at least it would be closer. Right now, can they win he looks shot. Can we, can they win with James Harden the passer, not James Harden the shooter? No, because who's he passing shooters, it to? Right, he's got Maxi, and that's it. Who's he? And and Tobias when he you know when he has a good game, but who else is he going to pass it to? Danny Green? Do you really want him passing it to Danny Green? Because you got no. 50, Danny Green was one of nine from three point range the night. It you was have actually tied. Fifty shot of him hitting either a three pointer or, or an, an air, air ball. ball. Yes, it, the, he was like tied, when he misses, he misses. He was tied for worst in franchise history in a playoff game the other night. No, I don't want Danny Green. He's he look. I get that every once in a while he can get up and try and dunk, even though he got up to dunk <laughs> and then didn't. But Danny Green's when kinda, that's a big story, you got a problem. Danny Green's kind of shot, mm-hmm. and, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean you got to have guys around. Look, <laughs> you, you're the one who told me. <laughs> Hold on a second. You just said he's he's kind of shot, but I don't mean that in a bad way. Well, I, well, what's the good way to say you're shot? No offense. Come on, <laughs> that's that's like in my profession when somebody walks up to you and says, "With all due respect," and then insults Exa- you. Exactly, it's the same thing. Well, it's like in politics don't when you say it. the first thing and you go, "I think you're a really nice person." But and then you just go and rip right. them to shreds. Uh-huh. So it's it's after that little transition there that you lose it. I I just <laughs> you you reminded me that Iversons we're talking about practice was twenty years ago, which twenty years ago tomorrow. He apparently happy did anniversary as a, as a birthday present for to you. Me, I yes. did not realize uh-huh. that my birthday is is known is now known as practice. That whole team for Pat Croce was about surrounding Iverson with the players to get there and they could never do it. They they could well, never Well, they got the, to the finals once. To be fair, they, they could never, did get to the finals. But they could never get over the top. They got to the finals, mm-hmm. but they kept trying to move different parts and pieces in and just couldn't find the right ones. Right. With this Sixers team now, you've had Ben, you've had Jimmy, you've had James, 
you, you're starting. You forgot Markel Fultz. Well, you you've had Markel. Uh, you forgot another center that they had. It, they they've had a lot of different parts that they've tried out. None of them successful as to this point. Yeah, but that's not Embiid's fault. No, I I don't. Well, think Maxi so. might be. But one there of... are people out there saying that you know it's Embiid's fault. Like Embiid's kind of fragile because he got another injury, and it's like he got because somebody in the face. somebody hit him with an elbow in the face. Do you think he should have been in the game? Should Doc have taken them out earlier? It would, in hindsight, he should not have been in the game, but I can't blame him for that. I only wonder why I mean, he was in the, the game. I mean, it's the last five minutes of the game. Big deal. What's the likelihood that something's going to happen? I only wonder why he was in because of his thumb. Because you knew he had a hand injury, and why not take the opportunity to rest him? Not because of what happened with the elbow or anything, and who could have first seen that. Mm-hmm. Um, but clearly it changed everything. Okay, so they come back home tonight. And Embiid cleared concussion protocol, apparently. He may play, he may not play. He was listed as out yesterday. He's listed as, quote, doubtful tonight. He will go through the pregame and has been He fitted. cleared concussion protocol. Yes. And, so. But apparently, as of like two days ago, he had a hard time looking at the light from his cell phone. Mm-hmm. So you've got a guy who was in concussion protocol having trouble with lighting who's going to try to make a go of it with an orbital fracture and a face mask tonight potentially. Would you put Joel Embiid out on the court tonight? If he says he's healthy and the doctors clear him, yes. Okay. Now, if they lose this game, would you put then him I would not game. put him you out for game You would not put him four. out for game four. Nope. So you try to make a run of it, make the series mm-hmm. 2-1, but if you're down 3-0, you wouldn't expect Now's the time. Again. If, they're, if they're gonna make this a series, tonight has to be it. If, if they go down 3 nothing, this is over. It's over in four. They don't even get to go back to Miami. Uh, tell me the- South Beach will go bye-bye for them. Tell me the- Except for James Harden, who will probably just fly back down with them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> James Harden it wants to win a game just so they can go back to Miami That's for right. game five. Just so, so he can visit his clubs. So, so I mean, he wants to go back and, mm-hmm. and hang out, I'm sure. Uh, okay, He's so, motivated is what you're saying. So let's talk about the atmosphere tonight. You're somebody who's seen a lot of games in that building, good mm-hmm. times, bad times, nervous times. What do you think the feel of that building will be? Will we have a lot of puckered tushies? Really? That's That's the way you're going to phrase that? Yep. I think people are going to come into the game excited. I think the cl- the crowd will be loud. It'll be boisterous. But if they get behind quickly, it's going to turn. And then after it turns, then it's going to be empty. That's what's going to happen. If if they don't get on top of this right away, there's going to be problems. Let's look at the players who... They're not coming back and winning this game if they're down by 12 in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I don't think so. And they haven't had they haven't shown the ability to do that with or without Embiid in this well, with Embiid they have. But. Yeah, well you know what's impressive in watching the other games is watching the Phoenix Suns because they have seem them run like an offense? The way no, the way they run their team, it seems like they have conditioned themselves. All of their team there is conditioned in such a way that they win the fourth quarter. Memphis is the same way. That's why it's yeah, so but much me- fun to Yeah, but Memphis is doing it because they're the youngest team in the league. True. I mean, Chris Paul is out there. Chris doing Paul it for seems he seems like he's just waiting for the fourth quarter. And I don't know if you heard what he did when they were in where where were they? And they were in New Orleans in the first round. Uh-huh. And he had a curfew for them. The coach didn't do a curfew. The team didn't do a curfew. Chris Paul set a curfew for that team. That's a leader. And, and that team, I mean, if All right, I, if so I had to, question. Phoenix Who, wins the championship. Who's the leader that does that on this team? 
Nobody right now. And is that ultimately... Well, James Harden's not setting a curfew. Is that ultimately the problem, is that no matter who they put around Embiid, Embiid has to be the leader because there's nobody else to do it? Um, I don't know if he has to be that kind of leader. I don't think there are that many... I don't think every team has that kind of leader. Name another team in the NBA that has a leader the way that Chris Paul's leading. I mean, and now Chris Paul's also got... He's now, what, 37 at this point? And he knows this is probably his last chance or one of his last chances. So he is maximizing just this is it. And this is a team that last year, you know, got knocked out. They're back for blood. I just think the Phoenix is the best team in the league. The Celtics, I hate to say it, might be the second best team. They won the other night without Marcus Smart playing Mm -hmm. over Milwaukee, who's without Chris Middleton, who's without Chris Middleton, which is a serious loss for that team. Yeah, but they won the first game. Uh, no, it's 1-1 in the series. That's the what Bucks, I mean. The Bucks yeah, the won Bucks the won game. the first game Yeah, without Chris Middleton. They did. Yeah, that's what I meant. So, all right, so Celtics, Bucks, 1-1, Grizzlies, Warriors, 1-1, and Phoenix is 2-0 on the Mavericks along with Miami being up 2-0. Which series surprises you the most that that's where it is? I'm not surprised by any of them. Okay, because I'm not surprised at all yeah, by the I mean, Philly series. I kind of expected them to be down 2-0, and then right. it's it can Embiid come back and play, and if he can play, what do you get from him? Because remember, last time... It took him a little while to get back in, but he also had had surgery. He didn't have surgery here, so I don't know what the pain tolerance is. I don't know if he gets other elbows. What I want, though, is I want best out of 11 for Golden State versus Memphis. Oh, that's a fun it, it series It is such a watch. great series Those to watch. Those guys are such good shooters. Yeah. All right. Both teams. So, They're just exciting to watch. They have stars on each team. They have young stars. They have older stars. It's, I mean, that's great basketball to watch. Let's go through the um, coach. Whether you like it or not, you want, you DeAndre, want to go through them. DeAndre Jordan will be the center on the court. Um, I always appreciate Doc's. Framing. Did he say it again? Uh, he said it a couple. I know he times. said it before. He said it like Did... twice in an interview. Yeah. Uh, I always appreciate Doc's ability to say things in a way that's just not necessary. <laughs> <laughs> but um, how much pressure is on Doc here? I mean, he's got to be gone if they lose this series, correct? I don't know. I oh, don't come know on. Done. Don't make me suffer through I, this again. I, he's not that bad. Look, he's not a great X's and O's coach. No. But he is a great coach. He's a Hall of Fame coach. Fine. We he's should all not forget that. Okay, so who are you bringing? I ask this every time. I would have had Monty Williams here. You have to let me finish my question. I would have had Monty Williams here. You're not even going to let me no, finish my question. No, because I would have had Monty Williams here. No. You now have to make a decision. You can't go, I wanted Monty Williams Now I don't know. I Who's have, here? Do you I want D'Antoni? No, I don't want. I'd like okay. a younger coach. In Who? Some, I don't know. I'd like to okay. look around for you. Do you think that the Sixers, knowing their propensity to make big splashes, no, they're not going to hire is, the coach that they should. Right. That's the problem. They're just going to. It's going to be another big name. They're going to get rid of him for somebody else. Maybe they'll bring a, back Larry Brown. Great. <laughs> oh, I, I guarantee you what they're what they think they're going to do is get Jay Wright to come here. And I don't know if Jay Wright's the right answer. He's never coached in the NBA. It's a whole different thing. I, I'm Look, I can't read Jay Wright's mind, but what's going on with the NIL and what's going on with Transfer Portal? If if a coach doesn't want that, do you think he wants to deal with somebody who's making $47 million who can't come in early enough or has to go out and make it rain or do whatever he's doing at night? And they're going to pick up that extension for him because it's his choice to opt in. Well, then they're not picking it. No. Well, yes. Do you think... Harden, let's let's be clear here. Harden had a chance when he got here to sign that extension for forty. You don't think they million. have an agreement to sign Do, it? No, hold on. 
He had you're a, a lawyer. You're somebody who's You're just her. not going to let me finish. All right, go ahead. He actually had a chance to sign the paper that extended that one year. He didn't do it in time. It wasn't that hard. Don't assume he's picking up that option. Just don't do it so, because because he may not. So if because he what if the Sixers said what if the Maury says, look, I am I I realize this is now a mistake. I've gotten to see him up close. He doesn't have what he used to have, and he's not unless he's going to turn into Chris Paul. I don't really want that for the next five years. So you cut your losses. You got rid of Ben, and and now you say, okay, we tried it with Harden. This isn't going to work. Let's cut our losses. Do you really want to put up a couple hundred million dollars? for him for the next four or five years? I don't. He's but. already 32, and he's breaking down. I don't. Look, you and I have talked to former NBA players who have, who said when he got here, he's breaking down, and once the hamstrings start to go and you don't take care of your body, it's almost impossible to make it work again. I always right? joke with you that the tape is there for us to go back and see all the things that we said wrong. I think the one thing that we talked about that was right is the concerns about what could happen if he came here and the potential reasons why you would have wanted a different trade. Now, obviously that's not done, but he's here and they're going to have to figure out what they're going to do. So which coach is more he's here this week, which coach is more on the hot seat, doc rivers or Ooh, Joe Girardi? Well, rivers <laughs> is more on the hot seat because he only has two more games <laughs> and then they may make a decision. Girardi's at the beginning of a season where nothing seems to be going right when they brought in all these bats. And, you know, I was at the Wheeler game, uh, what was it, a week ago, and he's starting to round back into form. Then Wheeler pitched the other day. He rounded back into form. They took him out. They Well, they they to be fair, they would have won that game if the fan hadn't decided to interfere with Castellano's home run. But what happened last night was was a train wreck. Let's go and, into And this. those two pitchers, I don't know why they're even on this team. All right, so the Phillies are 11 and 15 overall. They're 8 and 8 at home and 8 and 7 uh after an 8-7 loss to the Mets last night. Mm-hmm. Uh they were up they lost four in a row though. They've lost They got to 11-11 and then all of a sudden they decided they didn't like to be 500 and they decided to go in the opposite direction. They lost four in a row starting with being no hit. <laughs> Let's let's remember that it started with a no hitter and finished with making history, because it was a combined no hitter in 1994. That was the last time the Phillies blew a six run lead that they held in the ninth inning. The Mets were 0 for 330 in their last 25 seasons when they were down six not six runs heading to the bottom. of the My ninth. favorite is the last three seasons. Go Over with the last one. three seasons, that boy teams were 0 and 684 across baseball <laughs> when trailing by six runs or more in the ninth inning. To the Mets. I I mean to the just, Mets. There were 11 batters that came to the plate in the ninth inning. Eight of them got hits. How how does <laughs> I, I can't even finish my <laughs> sentences. It, it's it's so hard to watch this, and, and and this team is supposed to be so exciting. This wasn't on Nola either. No, the worst. It, it's, it's not the starting pitching that's the disaster. It's the same thing that it always is. Nola, it's the bullpen. You can't blame the hitters. Nola allowed three hits and one run over seven innings, striking out seven. His ERA on the season is three point three eight. They've gotten. Do you know seven. why his ERA is good this year? Why it's an even year. 
<laughs> yeah, you said that even in odd years for a while. So sell on Aaron Nola for That's next right. year. Yeah, if you could trade him in odd years, that would be a good The starting idea. pitchers haven't been a problem. They've gotten seven-plus innings from a starting pitcher four-plus times. That starter's allowed zero, 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 and one run in those games. You know what the Phillies' record is in those games? Hmm. I do, but go ahead. Tell one and what. three. So the problem is not the pitching. The problem is the inconsistency of the bats. And whether you start with Bryce Harper and his ability to only play DH because he still has pain when he goes out and throws, this seems like it's going to be something that lingers for a while. So if he's your everyday DH now... Well, the question is whether or not this injury is being exacerbated. I'm not a doctor. I'm hoping that it's not being exacerbated by him playing at all. Like, Is this a situation where he should be shut down for a while? I, I want to see him play. He hit a home run last night. It doesn't seem to be affecting him, but I do worry about that, whether this could end up being a surgical situation if he doesn't shut himself down for a while. Yeah, I don't know what Because he'll gonna, play through anything. He will, and I don't know how, the severity of it. Castellanos got hit on the wrist last night, went for an x-ray. Games rained out tonight, so they don't have a chance to redeem themselves. More that, Roman Quinn time. I don't even know why he was in right field and not center field, by the way. I don't understand like anything that they're doing defensively. I don't understand why Girardi chooses to take players out when he chooses. And the thing that drove me the most crazy last night is when he started his press conference last night. He said, we played, re- we played really good for eight innings. You think? God, I'm so glad I didn't watch the press conference because <laughs> so I might part, okay. be down a TV. So the best part was I started texting you, you as this debacle was going on, mm-hmm. and you blissfully were unaware of what was going on. Yeah, I was already having a really crappy week, and you're sitting there saying to me, hey, look what the Phillies are doing. And I like, thought oh. you were adding to your misery and just kind of going with the flow and watching the Phillies blow it, and this was special. And at some point, I just stopped texting you. It's like, you know what? I'm going to let you enjoy your show, and I'll <laughs> the, talk to you tomorrow. This, this boy's already <laughs> suffering enough. Yeah. yeah. My my week was going so well that I decided that I wasn't going to watch the Phillies blow it was. You're texting me. So instead, I decided, what did I say I was watching? Ozark. I was watching an upbeat TV show compared to the Phillies game in my week, which was Ozark. <laughs> uh, so obviously the game... Which I highly recommend. <laughs> ...hinged on the bullpen in last night, and you talked about two guys, why you don't even know why they're on the roster. The bullpen is the fifth worst in Major League Baseball in terms of ERA. They have given up... They have got five saves. They have given up 46 earned runs. That's eighth worst, 1.35 whip. That's sixth worst. Come on, bring it on. More stats. Go for it. They More miserable stats. 86 hits. The bullpen, Jeff, this is not like anybody didn't have these questions going into the season. Why Going are, into the last decade. Why are we able to see these things and the team either can't see them or doesn't do anything about them? I don't know. I, don't, I just think that we, have, we are snake bitten when it comes to relievers. I don't, I don't understand why they can't get a, a consistent bullpen. Because they kill like you. You spent all this money on bringing in these guys like Schwarber <laughs> and Castellanos, and and this is what you have in the bullpen. So yeah, you can score seven, eight runs, and you're still going to lose. So what's the point? So at what point does Middleton say enough? But what's he going to do? I don't know. Girardi can't pitch. He was a catcher. What do you want him to do? If there's nobody in the minors, what what exactly are you going to do? Do you want Damon Jones back in there? Like. Like, what's the answer? 
I don't know, but I don't see how the owner is going to spend $220 million and make some kind of changes to get somebody's attention. I'm not saying it's the answer. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying if you drop that much coin on what you're doing, you would want some accountability. All right. Well, then I'm going to ask you the question again. Who's next? I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea. Dusty? That'll do. But Dusty's there, so I don't know if, I don't know if Dusty ch changes things for the team. I mean, I, you know I love Dusty as a manager. Yeah, you love I, Dusty. I've wanted him to be the manager for a while. I just don't know if somebody inside the organization makes sense, and I don't think you bring in somebody from outside the organization at the beginning of the season. Not at this point. Right. It's... So you're kind of stuck. I know, I know that's not the answer you want to hear, Matt. but I think that we're kind of stuck. I don't think, unless Girardi has a meltdown, you know, something happens on the field or he has a press conference where he freaks out, which is not his thing. Remember, this is a polished guy who was doing TV beforehand. He He's not the guy that's going to have the meltdown that they're going to say, well, we can't. We can't have him. Can you it. see the frustration on my face as I listen Yeah, and I'm to sure everybody else can as well. Yeah, well, so they actually, can probably feel the frustration the, the through way, the mic. The way our listeners can feel the frustration is when you get quiet for 30 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> I shut my mouth. I have nothing to say. You know how frustrated or, I am. Or if an umpire decides to stare you down the way Madison Bumgarner. Feel up your hand. We, again, disclaimer, we love umpires. We love umpires. We've had them on the, the show. I know, but this is the second week in a, a row that something just bizarre has happened like i've watched that clip multiple times and I, what was going on well look but bumgarner does have a propensity to to kind of mumble and make comments and umpires and stuff and that apparently was what was going on beforehand but what's supposed to happen so we now my hand massage for, for people <laughs> no for people that don't know last year because of all the funny business that was going on with the pitchers they were checking their hats and their gloves and under their belts this year they're just checking their hands the thing is though Bumgarner walks over to him as he walks over off the mound as he's supposed to do, and the umpire never looked down at his hands. He just stared at him. He stared down. And by the way, Madison Bumgarner is not the guy I want to be staring down because he looks like he can kick pretty much anybody's butt. He was not thrilled to be in that and then situation. The and then Bumgarner's like, I don't know what he said, but the umpire threw him out of the game. It escalated in rather quickly. In the first inning. Yes. Have you ever seen anything like that? No. And look, we, we have umps on regularly, and we've talked to them about different situations. Yeah, but we've had the good umps on. Apparently. I just, I don't understand, one, how that happens. And I guess we'll have to ask, you know, not directly about like a particular ump, but how do you handle it as umps in general when there's so much focus on one of them for a situation? Well, whatever well I mean, is. that's the thing with any sport or any profession is, is that the, it's the old phrase of one bad apple spoils the bunch. And that's what you have. You have a couple umpires for the most part. You don't notice them. They're doing their job. They're doing it professionally. The players like them. The coaches like them. But there's a couple every year that seem to have issues and want to make it about themselves. And it's not just baseball. I mean, look, we had Ed Hockley in, in football who decided that we all needed to see his guns. And the best officials tell you that the best job they can do is that you don't know that they're there. Yeah. Like, they, they're just... Well, that and they're, and they're not getting yelled at. Yeah, they're just a part of the game. They're not standing out or influencing the game because they really don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. So, you know... All right, Jeff, why don't we hit the break? We'll leave a little time to start our Eagles conversation because that's Happier Talk with Dave Spadaro joining us. Uh, let's go to the break, come back, and we'll talk some football. Stick with us. Operating engineers are the men and women that move mountains. And the Engineers Labor Employer Cooperative, ELEC, puts them to work. They create opportunities for the men, women, and union signatory contractors of Local 825, repaving our roads, keeping our homes bright and warm. 
and even building our favorite team stadium. We understand infrastructure. That's why ELEC and Local 825 are ready to get to work. All right, Jeff, we're back on the air. So uh, NFL draft is done. I'll get my Eagles talk in a second as we try and connect. Super Bowl favorites now? I'm not going to go. Are you going to overreact? No, I'm not going to react. But I feel were you excited. I was excited. I w- well, we I, knew you were excited last week. Yeah, I was excited. Right. I was excited. That about your excitement a- has not gone down at all. No, it really hasn't. You're uh, still just as excited. I, I'm. I am. Or are you even more excited? Am I more excited? Like, is Jalen Hurts your guy now? I always thought that you give Jalen Hurts. No, a chance. you didn't. You didn't think Jalen Hurts was your guy. I don't know if Jalen Hurts is the guy yet, but I think Jalen Hurts has much more weapons to show if he's the guy. Well, I think so, too. I mean, he's got a good offense. you got a great offensive line. He, he definitely— you, you now have additional weapons that he can throw to. He definitely has a good offense. Look, I mean, let's, let's just talk about the draft overall. Are you a draft guy? No. You, you don't like the combine? Do you, not, you don't like any of that? Like I the know combine? you combine. No, you don't. Do like you guys. really watch the combine? Of course I do. Uh, why am I asking that question? <laughs> why, that's the that, that's the okay. Not do you watch the combine is the appropriate. What question, am I going to get at? What do you get out of watching the combine? What no can idea. what can the combine? T- I get that why they do it. What do you get out of the combine? I have no idea. Well, what do they get out of it? No, what do you get out? Of it? So you're watching the combine. What you're seeing is a guy's bunch of guys running down the side. I I don't know what. You get out of it. Uh, go ahead, do it if that's what you want to do with your time. I know you're a busy guy. But if that's your downtime, well, that's great. But tell me, it's what like do you I get out of it's it? It's not like I sit there with undivided attention watching people run in shorts. I keep it on while I'm doing other things. So it's not like I sit there and I'm like, I dedicate my day to offensive linemen running through drills at the combine. But I do flip it on because I'm curious to see like some of the big to names. To see and what? What, what are you going to see? Some of the big names and what they're going to do. I like, like watching a- people in pennies. You know, it's, just in general. Just in general, it's you just like to, you just want people. You know, like, I'm just going to be a when smart your kids you. like has a party, you're going to dress them all in pennies. Like so, okay, let's not focus on that. Let's focus on the draft. Well, no, because I don't think I don't think it tells you very much when you're watching a combine. Like I get that they want people to watch as much as possible. I just don't know what the general fan is going to get from watching the combine, especially since like players run a whole lot differently with uniforms and pads on than they do. In shorts well, and a t-shirt and a penny. Our guest is around lots of people who watch the combine, See, he lots of tape and everything else. Uh, we love getting a few minutes with Eagles insider Dave Spadaro. Dave, exciting time for the team. How you doing, man? Hey guys, how are you? Uh, yeah, really exciting. And uh, it was it was it's it, it's rare in the twenty five plus years I've been doing this that uh, I would say pretty much everybody is raving about the Eagles draft. I mean, there's always usually you know, hey, I like this, but I didn't like this. There's very little to not like about what the Eagles did last weekend. You had a chance to kind of be there. You're you're an insider. You get to see how the inner workings of this go. What did you notice anything different about the way they handled this draft, or was it just pretty much business as usual? Yeah, no, no. I mean, I, I think one thing when you go into a draft with a lot of assets, it really does give you a lot of options. And so, you know, Howie did a really had done a really good job of accumulating draft assets capital uh he'd made the trade with new orleans a few weeks prior and set the eagles up for the future got that extra third round pick dealt that third round pick to tennessee so that helped them get aj brown you know it was just an opportunity that with with 10 draft picks of their own 
with some future selections, Eagles could move around a little bit and, and, and take some chances, which they did. And, and, and it mixed it up and, um, and it addressed some needs and went for kind of quality over quantity in terms of the number of drafts, only five selections and then AJ Brown making it six. But the Eagles figured that, and I think they read it right, that the, that COVID had, you know, a lot of players had taken advantage of COVID in the sense that they played an extra year and there, there were a lot more players in this draft who had draftable grades on them. So the Eagles feel like they did a really good job in the post-draft period to kind of make up for that lack of quantity. So um, I don't think anything from a procedural standpoint changed. I just think that they had enough other pieces to play with and how he just used those pieces really well. Let's get to those pieces that they had. They traded up with some of the pieces to get number 13 to get Jordan Davis. Uh, in one of your stories, you called him a mountain of a man. Tell us he about sure is. tell us about him and how he's going to fit into this Eagles defensive scheme. Yeah, I mean, he's six six three forty ish, something like that, and extremely athletic, extremely big, strong, great energy. Plays very technically sound. Still has to develop, of course, at the NFL level. He'll work into the rotation at defensive tackle. I like the fact that he doesn't have to come in here and be a star right away, or necessarily even be a starter right away. But he gets a chance to learn with with Fletcher and Javon Hargrave and Milton Williams, and the Eagles are really strong at defensive tackles. So a solid move. They were ninth in the league last year, stopping the run. He's excellent against the run. And the Eagles feel like he can move the pocket a little bit, rushing the passer. So a solid, solid move. Look, not a not a, maybe a sexy pick. I mean, defensive tackles certainly aren't sexy picks. But I, I've always loved the way, since the days of Andy Reid, the Eagles have built – from the line of scrimmage out. And that is a, this move certainly an indication of that kind of thinking. They then package the 18th pick, which I believe was the Indianapolis pick from the Carson trade and 101 to the Titans for AJ Brown and give him a four year, $100 million extension. He is good friends with Jalen Hurts. He has in his career averaged 6.1 yards after catch reception tell us about aj brown and what the team saw and how they realized he was available to make the move kind of saw everything that you just talked about and uh proven player in the league um nice body different kind of body type thicker strong guy really great compliment to Devonte smith young he's only 24 years old feels like he's been in the league a lot longer but he only has been in the league for three years twice, you know, Pro Bowl player with Tennessee, which is a run-based offense. So he really made the most of his opportunities. And, I mean, physical, you know, just violent player um, who is going to be – he's already, you know, electrified Eagles fans who are ext- have always been so interested in the wide receiver position. I just love the move. Um, I just love it. I think that bringing in a player like that at the cost of two draft picks in this new world, this crazy world of – wide receivers and the worth that they have absolutely mind-boggling so to get him for the 18th pick and that extra third round pick the 101 is a, is a I really really think that's a great great value for the Eagles and now we signed through 2026 you now you now have two legit number one receivers on this team that can play on the outside does this change how they run the offense next year uh, I think it, it gives them more options to run the offense the way they want to. I don't know, change. They they tried to throw the football down the field last year. Mm, 
you know, modicum of success. So, uh, it, it, you know, it's just going to be – I think all of a sudden, guys, what it does – this Eagles offense is loaded. I mean, great, great offensive line. A run game that led the league in, in ground yards last year. A quarterback who's versatile. And I'll, I'll tell you what, I'm, I think Quez Watkins is a pretty darn good receiver too. So I'll give you three. Two of them are legit number ones, Devontae and AJ. And then you have another interchangeable piece in Quez Watkins who can also, as we saw last year, average 16 yards a catch, can get down the field, make big plays, can also run from the outside. So I just And, and Dallas Goddard, of course, outstanding tight end. Really, really good group of offensive skill position players and a, an offensive line that's just terrific. So I, I feel like, uh, you know, the offense got a ton better, and and I do think that A.J., does he change it? Yeah. I mean, look, I still think they want to run the football. I don't think they're going to go pass, 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 pass. I think they recognize, and, and Nick recognizes the value of running the football. But, boy, they can throw the ball now, and it's going to be tough for teams to match up against the Eagles. To me, if I'm an Eagles fan, one of the things that I'm most excited about is the the consistency of the offensive line. You have you have some young guys on this offensive line that are signed up, that are going to be here for a while, and then even with the older players like Jason Kelsey, they are, they've now brought in hopefully his replacement, who Kelsey had a hand in it actually trying to or looking at. His reaction was the best, Jason Kelsey, all weekend when he was live on TV. He was hilarious. Right. I mean, he he actually is the best guy, right? Like he's just a tremendous guy, and um. I, I I think that it's important that uh, it's all done transparently. We don't know how much longer Jason Kelsey is going to play. Cam Jurgens is I today he met the media and just a body like honestly like I've never seen on a rookie just like a rock solid muscular just athletic explosive body came with this incredible personality. Like I'm looking at him going. You know, he plays like Jason Kelsey. He kind of talks like Jason Kelsey. He's comfortable with the media like Jason Kelsey. He's outgoing like Jason Kelsey. Could this possibly be? So, but let's not, we're not, we're not done with Jason. He's got some time to play football here. And Cam, again, just like Jordan Davis, has a chance to come in and learn the game of football from the very best. Yeah, but how does Cam look in a mummer's uniform? <laughs> well, well, let's find out. Let's hopefully, hopefully find out, right? It does allow you, though, to leave Landon Dickerson on that left side with Jordan Maialata and kind of keep that, or the the what they they had going there intact, and now have a center option as opposed to moving Dickerson over. So it gives you some flexibility there going forward. I want to move back to the defensive side. The Eagles took linebackers, Dave. Fans will be very excited about this. I love the Nakobe Dean pick. I couldn't believe he was still there. I watched a little bit of the video where you and Fran Duffy and Greg Cosell were talking about the pick. Tell me about Nakobe Dean and how excited the Eagles were that he was still there at the 83rd pick. And why was he still yeah. there? Well, I think he's there because there, there are a lot of concerns about him. I think they feel like, um, they feel like you know, the, the NFL. And they all, what's weird about that Nakobe Dean thing, it's not like – one team has medical opinions and keeps it secret from another team. Everybody kind of shares the same medical opinions and, and research. And, you know, Nicobe played through all these perceived injuries. He's got a, 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 he was on the field today, a pec injury, a little pec strain. You know, he's been banged up with a shoulder. Um, but what a career at Georgia. And somebody that everybody thought was going first round. And the Eagles are sitting there in the third round saying, well, we can't pass this guy up. And so leadership, you know, intangibles off the charts. 
championship at Georgia, you know, a stud, like the best player on the best defense in the league, or rather in the nation. So bring him in. Now, I think he's going to end up at weak side linebacker. Everybody's talking about him as a middle linebacker. I think there's a, a chance he'll play on the weak side and go get the ball, an off-ball linebacker. Really athletic, powerful, relentless. You know, you just hope that he's not a huge guy. He's only 5'11", 225, so you just hope he stays healthy. I think that's the only thing that's going to hold him back. Tell me about Kyron Johnson. I wasn't real familiar with him, edge rusher, tackle. They got him in the sixth yeah. round. Yeah, I think more. I think when you're at that point in the draft, you're looking for something special. He's really fast, special teams player initially, and we'll see if he develops, gets some strength, and can rush the quarterback. He's idolized Hassan Reddick, so that's a good thing that Reddick's on the team, and uh, he'll get to learn from him. But if Johnson is to make the team and to make an impact, he'll have to do it on special teams first, and he's excited about that. The rookies are in town. What what's what have the you? The rookies are here. The rookies are here. <laughs> so so the rookies are in town. What from what you've seen so far? What what have you learned about the rookies? What have you been impressed by about? Okay. Yeah, I mean, just to, uh, it's. I'm not going to talk about the football side of it because literally, like, they were wearing shorts today in in the bubble. So I, it's there's no hot takes right now. But energetic. Wait, wait, hold on. You know, J- Jason watches the 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 combine. He gets a lot from that. I knew that you weren't going <laughs> to yeah, let well, that go. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I just heard you guys, heard you guys talking about that before I got on. Yeah, uh, you know, you just they they're, they literally. I mean, out of practice, they first day they've been practicing for a long time. They ran around. They looked energetic, and you know, we'll see. I mean, you know, you know, the guy who shined the most today is somebody that Eagles fans are really going to like. I think. His name is Britton Covey from University of Utah. He's 5'8", 169, return man, slot receiver, quick as a hiccup. Nobody could cover him. You know, that kind of guy. But, again, there's no contact. There's no pads. There's none of that. So we we have a long way to go before the preseason games where we can get a sense of what these players are all about. And then, you know, when you get to the regular season, it's all different there. But I really think the Eagles are headed in the right direction. They've, they've gotten a lot better on the roster. And um, – you know, everybody's extremely optimistic, and, and the, the energy level's great at Novacare, and I think the Eagles feel like they really they knew they had to nail the draft, and I think they felt they did. Talk to us about the next few months with this team. They feel like they nailed the draft. Obviously, they'll still look for players that may be cut for salary reasons, potentially still looking for a defensive back, somebody there. But how does the team feel about what they've done addressing their needs in the offseason? Obviously excited about what they've gotten, but when they take a step back, how do they evaluate the team as a whole at this point? Yeah, I, I think that they feel like they're heading in the right direction, building, always going to look out for obvious areas of need. I mean, I think we would agree, right, that they would be wise to keep their eyes open at cornerback and perhaps safety as well. So there will be players released. It's just a matter of, when a player's released, everybody wanted the honey badger. All these fans, oh, we got to sign Tyron Matthew. Well, Tyron Matthew signed a huge deal with the Saints, and we'll see how long he lasts. But the Eagles aren't in position to give huge deals right now. They, they've kind of got to do what they did last year with Steven Nelson, who came in and, and was very professional at the cornerback job, at the cornerback spot, starting opposite Darius Slay. That's the kind of player you're looking to acquire here between now and training camp. And there should be opportunities to do that. A solid veteran looking for a chance to be on the roster. And, and Steven Nelson turned that opportunity into you know, a $10 million deal uh, elsewhere. So 
I guess Indianapolis was where he signed. Maybe Indianapolis, I forget. But um, you know, or, uh, so so. But that there, there's not going to be a thirty million dollar guaranteed contract that the Eagles can give right now. They just they 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 are up against the cap. They've they've done a really good job. Uh, they do have some holes. They will keep their eyes open, but they're going to have to be really good here and get somebody who um, is looking for fair compensation and a chance to play and vault into the next off season. I wanted to close by asking about Jalen Hurts. Obviously, we talked about the relationship with AJ Brown the weapons that he's going to have this year. Saw some comments the other day. It's my team. He seems to be embracing the role that he has. Talk about the position that he's in as they start this season and also the pressure that he's under to now become the guy here. Yeah, I think you think he's uh, really excited about that, and he should be. He's in, in his third season, the Eagles have built around him. We're going to find out a lot about Jalen Hurts. Um, and I think that a competitor like him, uh, somebody who's been ups and downs in his career, as you know, at Alabama, he's not going to. He doesn't feel the pressure. Doesn't feel the. Doesn't feel any sort of like you know extra added um, scrutiny. He's always had that. So I, I think that when players see what happens around them, they feel really great. They they understand that it's on them. And to me, Jalen's the kind of guy who wants it to be on him. He likes that sense of responsibility. So. We will look. The Eagles have updated and upgraded, and they've got blue chip talent on offense around Jalen Hurts. There's every reason to believe that this is going to be an outstanding, outstanding offense. That said, defenses are going to try to, if you have to pick a poison, you're going to try to force Jalen Hurts to beat you from the pocket. And I've said this for two years now. His next step is winning, throwing the football from the pocket or moving outside the pocket, but winning by throwing the football. That's what happens in the playoffs. You don't win with a running quarterback in the playoffs. It just doesn't happen. Look around the league. You, you, quarterbacks who are mobile, that's great. But the quarterback has to be able to win from the pocket as well. And that's Jalen's next challenge. Well, it's been an exciting offseason so far. Definitely look forward to your coverage leading up to camp's opening and then the season. Always appreciate you giving us a few minutes to talk about everything and uh, take care of yourself, man. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on anytime. Uh, appreciate it. Take care. Take Jeff, care. Jeff, we, we went through all of the changes and upgrades that the teams made this year. Let's talk about, you know, the division itself. I got it. it, it let's talk about the division over here. So the Eagles got stronger. What did the other teams in the division do? The Giants, I thought, had a pretty good draft. Cowboys did nothing. The Cowboys did nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, they reached for an offensive lineman, right. didn't seem to get very much. Washington is the fighting Carson Wentz and commies or whatever you want to call them. The commanders. I'm sure that that will be said by everybody. Mm-hmm. They will all take the time to call them the commanders. <sighs> they should have been the Red Tails. That it logo is, would have been awesome. It is such a bad name. It is a terrible name. Uh, but where did the Eagles rank Oh, now? did you see they're bringing back their band now? So now they need, <laughs> to, ch- they need to change the words to their song. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the, par- the dominoes that fall when you make branding changes. Yeah, like I, th- I mean, look, the, the Giants lucked into a pretty good draft. But they're so far away. The, e- the Eagles are now, in my mind, the favorite to win the division. Over Dallas? Yes. Okay. How how's Dallas going to compete? I don't know. I still think they need another cornerback well, and safety. I think it's you know they right. may, but yeah. but but no team is perfect. I mean, what team out there has as as much as the Eagles do? 
The Eagles have have a luxury. They offense and defensive line. That's where you win games, right? So offensive line and defensive line, you have depth. One thing I was going to ask Dave, and I, I didn't get a chance to ask him, was there's not only all this depth on defensive line, and now you have this offensive line depth. Brandon Graham's hopefully coming back too. Nobody's talking. I mean, people think he's retired. He's not. And if he comes back too, to add to all of that stuff they have on the defensive line, the constant rotation of the pressure that they can put on both sides of the ball, it covers up a decent number of weaknesses. And you still have Darius Slay out there. I'm just curious. Right? How what, many people have two lockdown corners? I'm just curious what kind of defense they're going to play because Corey Davis, you would think, is more of a three-four type, like line up over the center. Get right up the front there, and how are you going to do with that with all those defensive linemen? Well, that's what I'm not sure. So, like, that's where I wasn't sure exactly where he fits in. Like, I get that they say that he's like Fletcher Cox. He's actually bigger than Fletcher Cox. Who um, Jordan Davis? Yes, he's I, a, I like that Dave big, said he's three forty ish. Yes, he's a big, big dude. What, what, do you remember when we did what the is interview? 340? Like once you hit three hundred, like any ish after it means do, what? Do Another you, twenty thirty pounds. Do you remember when we did the interview with Justin Patton in the G League, and I had him sit down in the stands so I didn't feel as short because he was like seven three, right. towering over us. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine how short and small I would look standing next to Jordan Davis? Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's just a funny visual for a he, second. He, he's a big man, and he's gonna cl- as long as he can move around, he's gonna clog up a lot of holes. All right, so you're not right? you're not into I would you I would hope so. I mean I would as hope long so, as he you're... as long as he stays mobile, as long as he's able to to stay fit. I mean you always worry when you have somebody that big, Look, whether I, or not they're gonna be able to to hold up to the rigors like of that, the NFL. I like that they took players from schools that have winning pedigrees they're used to unfortunately for me developing like Georgia guys didn't reach and and I don't know how N'Kobe Dean was available if he's healthy I mean he was the clear leader on that defense there and that the Eagles haven't had that Malcolm Jenkins played the role but they haven't really had that since Brian Dawkins left this defense and so that that was why I wait so when you say leader you think somebody on the secondary I don't think. I mean, why can't Fletcher Cox run this defense? He just doesn't seem to play that role. Okay, he's not the. How about any of the linebackers? I don't think any of them have the cachet to be that. I think N'Kobe Dean is the type of personality that will take over. You think he's going to be the guy that takes over? I that is everything that you read about him from Georgia is that he was the guy who got them going, and so I'm hoping that that he can bat here. That's why I thought they might go Kyle Hamilton instead of Corey Davis when they traded up because he was the safety that could be the leader back there. Mm-hmm. But they chose to go Corey Davis, so we'll see what comes of it. Anyway, all right. Let's... So, so before we leave the NFL, okay. how, how many days until they release the schedule? You have got to have that marked on your schedule. Uh, That's got to be your I thing, don't, but right? it's soon. But they've already started kind of leaking stuff because teams know whether or not they're playing in Mexico. Well, no, they knew and, they were going to do that beforehand. Yeah, there was right? the, like there was the chance the Eagles were going to play in Mexico when they play the Cardinals, but instead that game's in Arizona. But the Cardinals have a game that's in Mexico. I mean, the, Eagle, the Eagles know who they're playing. They just don't yeah. know when they're playing. Or where, yeah. because there was a chance that they would have to play so in Mexico. You, are yeah. you going to watch that too? The schedule release? No, I don't get excited for oh, that. Oh, come on. I, I guarantee you you're watching that. No, I don't. I, no? I, I don't. It's funny. That's like one well, of you'll the have Well, you'll have some sort of alert set then, right? Well, of course. Oh, come on. Come on, alert set. You're the person who tells me don't send me a text message because I get the, you get the same alerts that I do. What do you mean <laughs> alert set? Like, 
All right. I want to talk hockey for no a second. The about. Flyers are eliminated. Are you watching any hockey? Because there's some amazing. There's some hockey really going good hockey going on right now. The light, the Lightning Maple Leaf series is is out of this world. The, I mean, those are two great teams. Austin Matthews is so good. The Rangers Penguins game the other night that went into the triple, triple overtime, overtime where my. a new goalie came in at the end of that and held on. And my, I had a friend who was there all night long for it, and he kept texting me. I mean, it's like I'm, it's still going. I mean, I'm telling you, it's still it's the Avalanches to win. Who Whether do you think comes do. out of the East? Do you think it's Florida? Florida I or, think it's Florida. I mean, they're back at one more. Unless, finally, hell freezes over and the Maple Leafs are in the Stanley Cup. <sighs> right. I mean, could that happen? Well, first of all, it would be shocking if a Canadian team made the Stanley Cup because when, when's the last time that happened? Canadian well, probably, teams just kept knocked out. Uh, when's the last time? Is it it's been Canucks? a while. The Canucks were in 94. They played the Rangers. Yeah. When did Calgary that was, that make the final? Years ago. I know it was. Okay. That was the Matteo. No, the Canadians series. have won the Stanley Cup more recently than that. But over the last decade or so, there aren't even a lot of Canadian teams that make it very far in the Stanley Cup playoffs. This year, you might have a chance with the Maple. I mean, the Maple Leafs. Can you imagine the Maple Leafs in hockey win the Stanley Cup? That Canada that would, go, would be Canada the, would go crazy. That would be bigger than when the Red Sox or the Cubs won the World Series. They would close the whole country for to celebrate. Oh, guaranteed. Yeah, they it, it, well, except for Montreal. Yeah, they wouldn't care. <laughs> they, they would they would ban anybody from watching it. What if you had an Oilers Maple Leafs <laughs> final? Well, you know what? Normally, you would say eh, but they have two of the best players in the NHL. Yeah, I mean, it, watching. Did you see Connor McDavid the other day? So, Went around all five guys. He's so good at hockey. All five guys. If he didn't play in Edmonton. He would be such a bigger star than he is because I, I re- nobody stays up late to watch those games on the West Coast. Well, remember how close did the Flyers coming? They wanted that they, number one pick. Absolutely. Can you imagine? I remember one of, one of my buddies who's a Flyers season ticket holder was just praying all season that they could tank for Connor McDavid. It would have been so pretty. Yeah. All right. So we there's talk- so many big stars in the NHL now. We talk about the late games. The Union have a late game this week, Jeff. It's, well, way, it's, it's past way past my bedtime. bedtime. It's past your bedtime. <laughs> it is past my bedtime. Ele- at that 11 point. o'clock on a Sunday night. A Saturday night. Oh, Saturday. 11 o'clock on a Saturday night. Did I put yeah. Sunday in there for you? I don't know. Oh, okay. 11 o'clock on well, a Saturday night. Well, if it starts on Saturday, it's ending on Sunday. Yes, it is. So they opened the Nashville Stadium last week. Did you catch any of that game? I, the did, atmosphere? I did watch that game. That atmosphere it was, a was great really game. cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought they deserved an extra penalty shot against them in the, the, in the that's league. just the one thing i can't stand stop about like they time. have they've got to stop all this flopping there's no consistency no in what's called and what it's isn't. almost like you're not allowed to like reach for the ball if anybody else is within two feet of it because they're going to call a penalty on something i mean i understand not wanting to have handballs but i mean the union are still picking up points even when they're not winning so we'll see how they play lafc i just think it's a missed opportunity why not make it an eight o'clock West Coast, East Coast time that starts at five, and then you can actually capture some younger fans. Yeah, to why watch would you games. want to have coast to coast two of the best teams in the NHL? Uh, no, I mean M- in, in MLS. MLS. Yeah, why? Why, why would you why want would you people want to see them? Right. It, w- it won't grow your brand at all. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, uh, along with the soccer, Kentucky Derby tomorrow. Yes. You're uh, you're not so, somebody who bets on the race though, right? You just uh, well, like you know, it. I sadly have tried to do this many times and not been able to accomplish it. And there was a period I picked four in a row. Okay, but so, not betting on it. No, I, n- I never, I never do it. But this, there is a mutter in this race, uh, something of Medina. 
and and that's who I'm telling you. Because tomorrow there's like a there's 80, rain in the forecast. Yep, there's like an eighty percent chance of rain. Medina. And, and so I'm telling you, that's what you want to do. I don't even see that horse. Oh, Pioneer of Medina. That's it. Thirty to one. That's it. Thirty to one. So, so if you, well, I was going to ask you if you could help me place this bet. But no, I won't that, help that, you place I can't, the You bet. can't help me do no, I'm that. I'm not going to. But yeah. that's right. You live in Pennsylvania, so you can't place the bet. Are you kidding me? Wait, no, you can. I can? Why Why couldn't I? You can. Sports gotta... betting is, is legal here, isn't it? I think so. I don't know. There was When New Jersey started, you couldn't do it in other states, and people complained because you could only do it in New Jersey at that well, time. Well, you know, I'm going to go out to dinner in New Jersey. Can I, can I do it tonight? Go over and drop a bet while you're over there. Yeah. Well, See what you can do. Uh-huh. But that's, I'm telling you, if there's rain tomorrow, that's the pick. There's supposed to be rain. And, and if I get this right? It's a, 20, <laughs> it's a 22 horse field, Jeff. So I'm just That's ex- way too many. That's a lot. That's way too. That's a lot of horses yeah, on the I mean, track. I, I was. I went and did a tour of of Churchill Downs last year. It, it everybody should go to that place. It's amazing. Any final thoughts besides everyone should go to Churchill Downs because it is amazing? Well, you can watch the Phillies if they're going to play, and it's not going to. They're rain. not. It's rained just, out tonight. Just make sure you leave by the seventh. Yeah, get out. Of not there. for traffic. So you don't see the because loss. you can pretend that they're going to win. Let's go Sixers. Let's hope uh, Embiid plays and they take this. Thanks so much for joining us this week. Make sure to join us next Friday night to help you start your weekend in style. Have a great one. We'll talk to you next week. Bye bye.